Are you tired of watching your beloved characters being tortured by careless authors? Are you sick of feeling like they could have swapped out all of the painful action and the plot would remain untouched? Subscribe to Books That Burn, the fortnightly book review podcast focusing on fictional depictions of trauma. We assume that the characters' reactions are reasonable and focus on how badly or well they were served by their authors. Join us for our minor character spotlights, main character discussions, and favorite non-traumatic things in the dark books we love. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the GBN Golden Red Broadcasting Network. Trainers at your ready, and welcome to the Champion's Path. Hello, Johto! You're listening to the Goldenrod Broadcast Network. Welcome to The Champion's Path, a Pokemon podcast. As always, I'm your Poké host, Maddie Limerick, and today I have one of my favorite people who's gone through quite of her own journey uh, since she and I first met. I have B Decker with me today. B, welcome to the show! Hello, it's nice for, uh, to, for you to have me on here. Uh, and I was so, I love, I was just so excited Uh that you wanted to come on because uh, I still have such fond memories of you, Sarah Gomez and I sitting in the Mac lab at New Paltz when the um, sun and moon starters were announced. And it was a very fiery debate between everyone in that room. And I just, it, it's those moments that I go back to that I was like, the world still truly cares about Pokemon so much every time that there's major Pokemon news. And we've had so much major Pokemon news in the past five years. But, like, I was working at Universal the day that the the uh, the uh, Paldean starters came out. And I ran into the office and was like, who cares about Pokemon? Because we got to talk right now. <laughs> uh, but why don't you just tell the folks at home who you are? Okay. Uh, well, hi, I'm B. Decker. I use she, they pronouns. Um, I, uh, I'm a TikToker, I guess. I guess that's what I can build myself as now. I work in theater. I do some art online. Um, and I'm a huge fan of Pokemon. Oh, also I'm trans because that's such like a huge part of my relationship to Pokemon. That's. I think, I think we're going to talk about that a lot today. And like, honestly, um, I mean, I can tell, I mean, everybody knows this, that like, I'm non-binary at this point, but like B coming out and you came out was why I came out later. Cause like, you know, you're, I mean, you're, you're one of my, you, you got me through undergrad. You were one of the people that were in my little pod who I just adored. And we had a little group chat going cause you and I are big Steven universe fans. And so mm-hmm. we had that chat kind of continue going. Then when you, you came out to the chat and I was just so proud of you and like a year and a half later, I was like, you know what? We can do this. If all the other, my friends in my life are doing it, I can do it. So like, you know, you mean a lot to me. So that's why I was like, especially when you, <laughs> I know we can't cry. It's Pokemon. I, I cry enough <laughs> over Pokemon, <laughs> but it is one of those things that like, the more I thought about it and talked about it, the more queer connected I'm realizing that Pokemon and like the longtime fans of Pokemon are. And then when you told me what you told me when in our chat before we were uh, coming on, when I pitched it to you, I was like, oh, today's going to be a great conversation. So let's give everyone at home just a little bit of background about your background with Pokemon. So I grew up with Pokemon. I uh, was in the perfect age bracket for when it hit America. I was about seven, eight years old. 
when the anime started uh, playing after school specials. Um, uh, and then shortly after, like, Pokemon cards got introduced, and that took over the playground at my elementary school. What was the first game that you played? So the first game that I played was actually uh, Pokemon Crystal. Growing up a poor kid, I like didn't have uh, access to video games for a while. At 10 years old, I saved up enough money so I could buy a Game Boy and start my Pokemon journey. Mm, yeah, I yeah, we were the same way. It's one of those like when you're growing up and you're like poor adjacent, you don't always realize that you're poor because your parents are like doing their best sometimes. And so it was one of those like when everybody else got our car for their 16th birthday, I get a Game Boy Color and Pokemon Silver. But to me, that was the better gift I would have rather had because that was my first Pokemon game. And then I love that Crystal is your first experience because I argue that Crystal is one of the most perfect games to date still. Uh, and I maybe again, it's nostalgia goggles. I don't know. But I also still love that idea of you get to play through another uh, region after you finish the current region. I just think that's genius. And I think we should be using it more. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> now, did you just collect the Pokemon cards or did you actually know how to play as well? Oh, I absolutely did not know how to play. I just liked looking at the artwork. <laughs> Okay, I love this because I've only had one person, you're my like 12th interview, and I think only one person was like, yeah, we actually played, but his older brother was into magic already at that point. So for them, they were like, oh, this is so dumb. So like generally everybody has just said, no, I like the pictures. Uh, and so I really enjoy that that's kind of the consensus because also as someone that plays it now, looking back, I go, it's much like the original games. How did anybody enjoy the game early on? And no wonder nobody actually played the game in the early days because like the rules didn't make sense. The, the card typing didn't connect. There was no Pokemon over 90 HP. It was just like, what is this? And now, you know, now you can get a Pokemon that's 320 HP on a card and it's great. It's overpowered, but <laughs> so <laughs> with when you saw the anime because i i love that you say after school because i also had it after school but it was in a precarious time because like we got out at 220 230 in because i was in seventh eighth grade when it hit so because there's about mm -hmm. i think five years between you and i that like it it was always one of those things that i could pokemon came on at 230 and if the antenna was just right, we could kind of get a grainy picture of it, but I rarely made it home in time to watch it. So I kind of relied on all the boys at school because, you know, just wanted to be one of the boys. See how far that's gotten me. <laughs> As we just giggle over here. Um, and like, you know, I remember the first episode I saw was the Venonet episode, which like, it's so weird, but it's seared in my memory. And it's to this day, while I still think that we can talk about a lot of things and we know that like, I think we can say that some Pokemon designs got flipped around in coding and they just never fixed it and they left it. I still mm -hmm. to this day say that Venonat should have become Butterfree and Caterpie and Metapod should have become Venomoth. But like, because dramaturgically to me, that's what, ma that's what makes sense. But, um, yes. so what was it? <laughs> but a lot of other people have said that, Oh no, it came on first thing on the morning in WB. And I was like, Oh, well mine came on in the afternoon in Fox, but, as I ramble, it's because it's what I do. Um, what was it that kind of connected with Young B that kind of stuck in like why you became engrossed with Pokemon? Uh, I think 
there's a lot of different aspects to to why Pokemon like latched onto my brain so hard. Um, part of it was that the the first episode of the anime that I had ever seen, I was just like flipping around on uh, TV mm-hmm. looking for something to watch. Saw ooh cartoon, let me watch this. Oh, there are fun monsters. And then the first episode of Pokemon that I saw was the episode where Ash is trying to get into uh, Erica's gym. And I forget like the exact like context around it, but like Ash was banned because he either like said something sexist or like it was a no boys allowed situation. The first interaction I had with Pokemon was seeing Ash, this young boy around my age, getting into a dress and a wig and using a different name to get in. And like, it wasn't a joke mm-hmm. and it wasn't, and he wasn't like being punished for it mm-hmm. in any way. And my brain saw that and thought this better not awaken anything in me. <laughs> oh, did it. Oh, did it. C- come back, come back to me in about 25 years, kids. See what happens. <laughs> Oof. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh. Well, I mean, then I'm going to go further with you there of, you know, for a lot of us who are queer, queer, Jason, th- we had to find ourselves in media because we weren't allowed to be in media. And so I don't know about you, but I'm going to talk about the goodest boy, goodest girl, goodest non-binary pair ever with Jesse and James also being heavy. Like people who have known me kind of at my, what I will call, what I will call queer worst. I almost use the F word because I mean it in the best way when I talk about myself, but sometimes I can be a real baguette. Um, <laughs> and I didn't realize it for years until I saw or heard things from that time where I really put on a lot of that Jamie McGonagall, James inflection, which is also very Pegasus from Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize until much later how heavily those two coded my perspective of gender and just being yourself, even as we'll say villains, but for anybody that's watched the anime and all the movies, they save the day so much more than Ash ever actually does. Yes. Uh, And James is the purest trainer ever and like always like invites his pokemon in to travel with him and we find out that like jesse was just poor and just wanted to be the best coordinator ever like it's one of those things that it's as an adult i go oh we're all so lucky we remember ash ketchum but even if the show changed we would still be talking about jesse and james 25 years after the original so Mm -hmm. i i don't know about you but they were a heavy kind of coding for me as i look back with with uh my love of pokemon uh so you did say in our chat that you were like uh pokemon is why i'm trans so i would love (laughs) for you to really let's kind of pick it apart because again it's also talking like theater history because you and i did asian history together with sunny correct we were both in the same class together uh no i actually didn't take that class i was just around uh because i was working for sunny at the time uh yes so it's one of those things that while especially Japanese culture isn't inherently queer welcoming, it's not something that's like socially super accepted. There is so much, the idea of gender outside of queerness is such an interesting perspective and thing to talk about, especially in Japanese entertainment, going back five centuries with theater 
and dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it is one of those things, especially in anime to look at and go 99% of the time, a male presenting person donning a dress and a wig or playing a female persona is not for the joke. It's for their own enrichment or their own, you know, continuing of the story, which huh. is something where it, that is so opposite of what, you know, cause there's been the conversation of, can we get beyond trans representation for the masses that stretch beyond quote unquote man and address is the butt of the joke, because that's not who trans women are. It's not who trans men are like, but it's, it's something that looking back on it, every time we get it in Pokemon, it's literally just such a nothing. And even in a lot of other animes as well, it's kind of a nothing because it is literally just there to push the story along. And it is just part of a thing. So it's, it's something I thought about it after you said that the other day and just went, Huh. So why don't you elaborate and kind of go into kind of where your brain was and kind of your journey in this connection to Pokemon, to your trans identity pipeline? Sure. And I think you, you touched a lot on Jesse and James and that's like a big aspect of like, like seeing people push gender roles around, like in, in presentation Um, for James and Jesse, like, wearing like opposite gendered clothing like whatever character they were playing in their scheme of the it didn't matter who was playing who and just like that 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 messing around with gender was something that like really formed my like early impressions of like oh i don't actually like have to like be like big burly masculine i can do other things this is weird okay Mm -hmm. Mm yeah yeah a thousand and even i would even say meowth too because meowth has that very new york meowth. bronx like meowth also just because of the evolution of meowth to persian like i can never imagine that meowth becoming persian without being very yesified like i just feel mm-hmm. like it would be the most because there is meowth is a very non-gender presenting pokemon and i think but having him have that kind of squirrely new york dialect works beautifully for their meowth especially as the meowth that can talk like it's just a thing that meowth Mm -hmm. can talk and it's just that one meowth but it's like meowth will sometimes just have the little like little orphan annie dress on with the wigs and and or sometimes just be you know a little train conductor they're just all these things that meowth too also it's just kind of part of their journey of the three of them together which i think is just adorable and wonderful in in so many ways there's another aspect there of something that like i found out much later on a new connection with like old pokemon as an adult Mm -hmm. um was that i found out that the original voice actress of meowth was a trans woman i mean like i was already like yeah no team rocket are my gender parents but like then finding out like no a trans woman worked on this project something that meant a lot to you as a child and then like just deepening that bond that i had with this uh, this whole series and i i think that i love that we're kind of at that point because there's also been you know uh talking about the wachowski sisters as well as like they've kind of continued on with um oh my god why am i bl- matrix oh my god what's wrong with me <laughs> um you know just this idea that we suddenly are able to have these people who are quintessential parts of our nostalgia lexicon and for you, it means so much because there is that little connection that you didn't even know you had. And again, for me, it just makes me love certain things even more 
um, where it would stupidly maybe polarize other fans, but those aren't the fans we want to keep in the fandoms anyway. <laughs> so like whatevs, but yeah, when I did, can I tell you, I didn't, I don't think I found that out until very recently, you know, also, um, Jamie McGonigal, who I believe he was, cause we had the one James that was James for like 10 or 15 episodes, but then Jamie McGonigal was a huge voice acting presence in Pokemon. He was Gary. He was like, but he is an out gay AIDS activist in New York who has just been demanding visibility for trans and queer performers for years. Uh, he was also the first. So back before New York Comic-Con is what it is now. And it used to be New York Anime Festival one year, New York Comic-Con the next year in the alternated years. Um, there was an amazing panel with Veronica Taylor, Jamie McGonigal, the voice actress of Jesse. I can't believe I'm blanking on her name. Um, and then one other voice actress from the show. And they did a like, oh, this is how we create characters. This is how we do voices. And it was amazing. And you had the the fans who got too personal asked because uh, it was right after they had fired most of the cast and replaced mm -hmm. them and so a lot of people were like oh i bet you hate the new ash and blah blah and veronica was like i it's it's a shame that i lost my job the way that i did um but she's an amazing voice actress as well you know people change over time they change who these characters are on these long-running shows and it was the first time where he went you all are not going to speak to us this way because you're also not going to speak about our friends and our coworkers because what you don't understand is how small this community is and how mm -hmm. sometimes one of us loses a job and it will go to our best friend and they had no idea that we lost the job for them to get it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of these things that like, it was the first time I had an actor really stand up and demand the respect for themselves, their art form and their coworkers and other artists. And uh, it just stood out in such a beautiful way. And then literally like a week later, I saw him at the Broadway flea market and I was like, I just have to tell you, you're absolutely incredible. And he's just like a big queenie Mo. And I just, I just Hi. loved, I just, it, again, it was one of those things where I, I don't know how it is for you, but in geek and nerd spaces, even though like, you know me, I'm a very large personality. I tend to set an energy tone in a space, whether I mean to or not, mm -hmm. Leo in me, I really recess in large nerd spaces, like conventions, like gaming, uh, like um, gaming tournaments and things. I recess in because I still, I guess, connect a little bit back to the teenager who like was discovering these things. And like, I still think that like, Oh, I don't deserve to have space here. And somebody's going to tell me that. But to, when I see somebody that is so connected to me and my community and just is like me in the space, I'm immediately feel way more calm. I feel way more protected. I feel safer being there. Mm -hmm. And so having Jamie there felt amazing. And so I'm hoping that we can also see more trans people, more non-binary people, who are one being permitted to work in um, voice acting, uh -huh. uh, but also like maybe they're established voice actors who have been doing it 20 years, who have been, you know, feeling like they can't come out. Like those are those things that I like, um, you know, Steven universe. We love having so much really great representation on that, but even like evolving to a dead end paranormal park, which I think is amazing uh animation but to have a non trans non-binary performer playing a trans non-binary character in an animated show like sure it could be mm -hmm. anybody but to me it's incredible because 
it's something that even five years ago, 10 years ago would have been unheard of. So mm-hmm. I, yes, it's just so nice to me. I, so what is, what is the most recent Pokemon game that you've played? So the most recent that I've played is Scarlet. Uh, just picked it up. I'm only like two hours in loving it so far. I like, I'm two hours in, but I haven't even like gotten to the school. I've just been wandering. I think I played four hours before I actually got to the, the, the school gate. Like I went into the city and of course I had to change clothes because when they allow you to change certain things. Yeah. First stop. Um, but yeah, I stopped, I like literally my, my switch battery was starting to flash as i got to the actual school gates and i was like this seems like a good place but i loved i don't know about you but i loved how many pokemon there are to catch before you get to the first city i don't remember the last time that i actually like went out of my way to catch a bunch of pokemon this early on Mm -hmm. there's just me too the variety is so huge and the variety of uh the like the new pokemon that are like front loaded onto this are Mm -hmm. i've caught like 14 pokemon before the first gym that's never like i've never done that yeah well and if you look you'll find some really interesting ones that will only pop out like one or two hours a day like i think i think i got to the first gym and i maybe had caught 40 pokemon by the first gym like it's just but it's also something that i love is the front loading of baby pokemon because (laughs) then you can decide like the fact that i can get an igly buff the fact that i get um Meryl's baby and the fact that I can get a Pichu in that first set of fields I was just like that's everything also that they gave us things like Rockruff who was so late in the game in Alola um, they also mm-hmm. give you Growlithe fairly early on as well so like all these little babies where I'm like oh thank you I'm so glad you're mm-hmm. early in the game um, or even like giving you a Psyduck right away which I really appreciate as somebody that yes. loves the dual typing because uh, I chose Sprigatito because predictable. I also chose Sprigatito. I um, love that because I also felt that it was like, oh, I feel like I'm betraying my queerness by not getting Quaxley. So somebody traded me Quaxley into the game. But <laughs> I was actually really set on um, uh, picking Fuecoco, um because I love that dumb little lizard baby. That... Mm, he's so cute. He's got he's got one marble bouncing around up there. Once I actually got to the screen to make like the decision. I froze and I couldn't pick. Uh, so I actually like went and I found a deck of cards and I like picked out three cards to represent each each choice. And I actually had my cat decide. I'll like like do tarot sometimes and I'll have like my cat who's a black cat? Like he perfect like little witch familiar will come up and like mm-hmm. help me pick cards. He just sees sees things on the ground and he wants to just like grab one. So he went up and he picked a card for me and he picked Sprigatito. Uh, of course, my cat picked the cat, so I uh, inside named job. him after Inside him. job! Inside job! <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute, though. That That is just... Mm, that just fills me with joy. Oh, I was at um, a GameStop the other day, and on clearance was Snom. Snom? What a deep cut. I'm a sucker for useless, quote unquote, useless Pokemon. So give me Dunsparce. Give me the sea slugs. I love them all. They are lovely. I will defend them with my life. I love seeing these Pokemon that like, they're not anybody's favorites. And I feel like I have to make them my favorites. And I love when they're just like, we're going to make merchandise of them anyway. It's why I will always, if I ever see Teddy Ursa merchandise, I buy it immediately. 
Teddy Ursa is so cute. <sighs> like, have you have you seen the Build a Bear Teddy Ursa that just came out? That no, is, I haven't. To scale, it is like the Bulbasaur. It is to scale to what an actual Teddy Ursa size would be. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it comes in a netball little hoodie or you can get a letterman jacket for him that the, it's the pikachu letterman jacket but it is yeah it's it is i also do the same thing with ghastly haunter and gengar like i know mm -hmm. there's generally a lot of gengar stuff but anytime there's ghastly or hunter or pumpkaboo anything mm -hmm. i think this is a good next question because i'm skipping around a little because everybody knows at this point you all have the questions ahead of time now i do have a couple in here that i didn't give you ahead of time just okay. make everyone squirm a little. Um, what is a Pokemon that you think is just special and you would defend if you were in a group of people talking absolute garbage about them? What is one or two Pokemon that you you absolutely just think you deserve defense? I will defend Shuckle until my dying breath. <gasps> mm -hmm. I love Shuckle. Something, something relating to characters that have to hide in a shell. Um. <laughs> oh, yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I think it's interesting that the new Diglett that's not Diglett, but it is Diglett, because they did that this time where they just rename them. Like, mm -hmm. the the tentacle one, cruel one, is so strange to me. I haven't gotten there yet, and it's, it's just weird to me. But uh, the fact that I was like, so what I'm hearing at some point is Diglett and Shuckle are in, they are related into the same genome of Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Like, the new Diglets look like a Shuckle, so clearly... They have to be in the same genetic makeup line somewhere. Mm -hmm. I would love to see like the taxonomy of the like the actual evolution, not like within a Pokemon's uh -huh. one lifetime, like oh, yeah. over millennia of mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. what Pokemon came from what, mm -hmm. because they know yeah. the common ancestor of all of them. Like how yeah. how far back could you have to go to like trace all of that? Also, that's my thing with, like, Legends of Arceus. I almost, like, I get why we need to keep moving forward in time, but even though I haven't started Legends of Arceus yet, I'm a history person. I love anything that's very dramatic and very theatrical, and I think Arceus is all of those things. But I love this idea that we can explore that there are Pokemon that are now, quote-unquote, extinct, but it's not because they died off. It's because they literally evolved into new Pokemon. Mm -hmm. they, you know you know scyther used to evolve into something else and then as industrial and metals came about scissor came about like you mm -hmm. know it's just it's a thing so i do like that idea that we could actually spend just as much time exploring the ancient past of the pokemon world as we do the upcoming future which i love i mm -hmm. think that's great so now's the question. If you had to pick one Pokemon from all time, which I know if you're anything like me and I know you are, uh, it gives you anxiety just the thought of that question because I'm like, I can't, there can't just be one. I can't mm -hmm. not just one. What is your one ride or die Pokemon? What is your favorite? I think I do have to say Shuckle. Uh, um, I love it so much. I think I've been like, you know, like when like you transition, you start to like, reassess every every little faction of your life um every every little fraction and like even down to like oh what were my favorite things like even like now like okay like i like i'm out i'm not like living in a shell anymore i don't feel like i'm putting up all of these walls and like having this very like expressionless face all of the time mm -hmm. um like my best boy shuckle um 
like some of the things that I related to about this character before aren't there anymore. And there's also like there's like stereotypes of like like Gothitelle's whole line or like Sylveon, the hat, Hatterene, Hatterene, oh. trans color oh. hat. Um, oh, I love her so much, but that that checks out. That is very on brand for me. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, actually, you know what? You know who is one that's like evolved into like evolved uh into like a, a new favorite in the past like game or two is Snubble. I've Snubble. I love fairy types and like having that addition, like making Snubble look a little more useful like in game was like mm-hmm. nice to see and can actually like use this this pokemon now and this is yeah. this is fun and it's yeah also grand bull has always been just a badass like mm-hmm. i love and still like inherently against the type of pokemon that it's been animated to be like drawn to be which is something i've always loved about that line is it's like cute but deadly it's mm-hmm. just something that's very like i still i really I I just love to think of like a cute like non-binary trans couple and one has Snubble and one is Teddy Ursa. I just oh I, I love that. that. I I just think that's so cute. And then you end up with a Gramble and a, an Ursa ring. And then maybe if you're lucky, Ursa Luna. Now that we just got Big Granddaddy Bear Boy <laughs> like <laughs> with Ursa Luna. Um, but I I love that. I think you know honestly I think well you're also an artist too. You're definitely an artist. You're a creative. So like I think connecting to the art and design and the look but also just like reading pokedex entries and really connecting with like the idea of who pokemon are it's also why i wanted to have you on the show because i know you're going to connect with the pokemon more than just being like oh i love cherries are just fire you know Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that for anybody but like i knew you were going to bring some fun interesting questions like answers on here for me so (laughs) What would your, let's just talk about it. What would your dream team of six Pokemon be? Now I'm prefacing this for a lot of people now because I knew uh, we've got, I've got some like hardcore gamers that have been on the show, some more casual gamers. Think of if you could make the Pokemon anime world kind of concede the way they do in the anime. So you could make a Pokemon maybe do something that it wouldn't necessarily do in the game. What are your, what would your dream team of six be? This is such a difficult question. I, so this was one of the questions that you gave me ahead of time. Yeah. I couldn't finish writing it. Um, one thing that I really do like about the anime is that not everybody has a starter Pokemon. Like, yeah. not everybody's locked into having this very rare, powerful Pokemon up front. Somebody just, like, had to, like, go out into the woods and, like, try to catch a bird in a net. Um, and that's Truly. how people had to start. Um, no, I like I like how in the anime there are, like, most trainers have Pokemon that are not somebody's favorite. Like, I think it's actually, like, more interesting to see, like, people picking, like, like, the intermediate evolutions of things. Or, like, keeping, like, the, like, uh, like, the first stage of a Pokemon. Um, let's just go Shuckle again, because I've had a Shuckle in most games. Yes! In most games, I've had an, either, like, a Gengar or an Alakazam. I honestly kind of love the idea of just somebody traipsing around the Pokemon world with a Shuckle and a Gengar. Like, I feel like, <laughs> like that what an odd combo. Just... And like, honestly, maybe, you know, it's funny though. I also don't know why I always just envision that you would be a great trainer to have a Schmeargle. Like the artist I... Pokemon. I just mm-hmm. think, 
I, I just think that'd be adorable. Cause also I could see you if like you were an NPC being the, like art, the new artist NPC that they've kind of embraced and had in every gen. I just think that would be very, I could, I could see that for you not to project things on you, but I, I feel like I could just see that and it would be oddly adorable and appropriate to have those three for some reason. And I wouldn't even question it. It's just like, I don't question why or what, but like you got them and it's there. <laughs> I actually love that. I do love Smeargle. Um, I think at a point I'm like, that's a Pokemon that I have really liked in my life. Like, I think at a point I was like trying to like really get away from like hipster imagery uh, after falling of really course. hard into like trying to be like a, like a cis guy hipster for like the mid two, two and eight, the mid 2010. Like me, I'm, I'm not, I'm not an artist. I don't think that highly of myself. I Smeargle, no way. <laughs> but no, like a Smeargle, a Shuckle, and then like some other like completely different completely different Pokemon I feel like would would be a great team for me oh yeah also I just love that because like you could just like being somebody with like social anxiety or whatever it could be one of those things having a Gengar could be the best thing ever because it's just like hey buddy could you do that thing where I can just like disappear like for a moment and just like step away (laughs) (laughs) they they your your Gengar uses nightshade but it's really just to give you that moment in a bubble and be like okay we're good okay we're fine okay <laughs> or even like because like gengar is such like a playful trickster mm-hmm. uh type entity just like having your token extrovert in your pocket to like hey yep. gengar can you do some party tricks and just be a clown for a minute i need like i am having a panic attack i need to walk away you pull you pull out your ukulele and then your gengar just does interpretive dance for everybody and juggles mm-hmm. it would be adorable oh my god oh no could you uh <laughs> Having your Gengar and your Shuckle and your Schmeargle like doing like a balancing act, and then he throws your Shuckle and catches him. It'd be that would just be the cutest. Oh, it'd be thing. real cute. That's so adorable. I I love that. Well, listen, you don't have to have six. Nobody has to have six. <laughs> it is totally fine. Now we've just talked about it a little bit, but you know, a lot of us. Um, myself i'm not going to project this on everybody but sometimes some of us are born with the curse of main character energy when we're clearly not the main character like i know i'm so i am most people's antagonist i'm at least the annoy i'm the annoying rival because that's the thing in the game you've got your rival who's actually your friend and then you've got your antagonist like (laughs) now because they're all very different things and so i'm like okay i'm not the antagonist but i'm clearly someone's rival who's just like you ready to battle oh have you beat the gym leaders come on let's battle apparently i'm muscle man (laughs) or i mean a regular show uh but you know we're not all lucky enough to be you know the champion of the game so if you were an npc type in any of the gens what npc type would you be now this is a question i didn't give you ahead of time but it's one <laughs> i've kind of come up with over it but yeah what would your what would your npc type be i think you already said it. i, I would love to be like one of the like the like the artist ones uh i also uh-huh. really loved the juggler um uh-huh. or was it like a magi- i forget the name of it but the character that juggled it was i think it might have been juggler or i might be like magician or something specifically like gen 2 of like Mm -hmm. with the wild hair and the cape uh oh yeah i just i love love that drama like maybe like one of like the gardening characters like something with like a very like pastoral Mm -hmm. uh theme Uh, you're in you're in the cottage halfway through a really long nature set and you're the one that's like here take some berries would you like to heal do you need some food here you go now get out (laughs) very cottage core moment for your (laughs) for your your your, (laughs) you're the midway through the forest or something i love that but i also feel like i'd like be like some kind of like 
like like the like the punky like rocker like NPCs, uh-huh. but like in a completely like inappropriate place to be doing like some like farm work, and you see like this character out like in the field. I just feel like the those few like incongruent things. Yeah, you've got the jean vest on with the master ball on the back, but the M is crossed out with an anarchy A in it. Like, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like you're pulling carrots with your shuckle. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a weird dichotomous thing that's there, mm-hmm. I think. I, I mean, because that's what I would love to see us work towards. And that's something I loved about Pokemon um, Coliseum and Gale of Darkness was just kind of the batshitness of the NPCs. That, like, they were just so weirdly designed but i was so there for it and just how gross and gritty it kind of was i just i love that so much those are never actually ones that i've played i feel like you would love them just because they they play really great they're a little grittier you get to be more of an anti-hero in it and you're really just there to like steal and purify pokemon which i love uh (laughs) also it's great because you get two evs in the beginning that very quickly become an umbreon and aspion and so that's your yeah and you get some you fabulous costume. Uh, the characters are just great, but it's very much like if um, like a GTA game and Pokemon had a baby. Hmm. Cause they're just some like down and gross gritty areas that you have to go into to like battle and find these shadow Pokemon and these people that are stealing Pokemon. It's very, it's kind of port for, I don't know if you use the Nintendo switch online, mm-hmm. like stuff for the, the retro gaming, they're going to be on the switch soon. So I oh, would just interesting. say, okay. Pokemon switch. Um, so let's say you've done your champions thing. You come home, you've got, you've got your shuckle and your Gengar, but they ask you to be a gym leader and you go, what me, a gym leader. And they go, yeah, which we've got all the gyms, uh, everybody's stepping down. So what gym of a conventional gym type would you take over? I think I would do bug. I kind of box myself into that by naming myself B, but like, I just, I really like bug Pokemon. I think they're so underrated and so underutilized. Um, and they're so cute most of the time too in their and they're way. so cute i love a cool looking bug yep and it's scarlet and violet i think has some very cool looking bugs uh except i don't love the spider evolution because i love the first level i think with that like the little silk little silk pot on its back i think it's so cute i don't love its evolution but not everything has to be for me not mm-hmm. everything has to be for me we're we are there great i love that you're the first person that said bug which i really like um so now is the question that I've been the most excited for with everybody that I came up with. So as we move forward, I like to think, and we're getting this a little bit in Scarlet and Violet with this idea um, that in the gyms, your final Pokemon isn't always anywhere near the typing of the gym, but it has the Terra type. So once it becomes terrestrialized, it becomes that type. Um, not to spoil anything for the games for you since you're you're not quite there yet but um i like this idea that maybe it's about a theme of a gym and all the pokemon in it are different pokemon that really increases the strategy so what would your non-conventional gym concept be i think my like non-conventional gym concept would be like like a cozy like artsy uh coffee house with a little performance space can I tell you, uh, so what nobody knows is I'm asking you all this, but I've also come up with an unconventional gym for every single person that's going to be on the show with me. Okay. You'll get, the jo- you'll get the joke of it when I tell you what it actually is, but my setting is also a cozy 
coffee shop with a performance space that you have no idea that's actually a gym when you walk into it. I cannot believe we are both literally is the one oh I brought God. today for you. <laughs> that's so good. I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. Uh, unless you went to New Paltz with us, you don't under no one understands just how much time we spent in the same 20 by 20 Mac computer lab together for two years. Like truly lived, ate, breathed, sometimes slept in that room to get stuff done. So like, yeah. it doesn't completely surprise me, honestly, if I be honest, but it does. It just, you know, I haven't seen you since, you know, you graduated. So that just, you know, it, I got that little vibe, that little connection with you. But keep going. I want. I want to hear. I want to hear more about it. That's really, that's really funny. Um, so, did you, have you thought about what Pokemon you would have in that with you? Um, I feel like bugs would be really like bad to to pair with that. Um, yeah, I hmm. mean, you could always go with. I mean, you could have like an Alcreme and a Fido. And then you could also have like a Poltegeist, like things that are Ooh, kind cute. of in theme <laughs> with it. Um, but then also have like one big scary. I mean, that you could pull your Gengar out for, just have one big scary or have like some music ones in there too. Could be really fun. Because mm-hmm. uh, that could also be a really fun like second or third gym. So you're not sure what you're coming into, but it's a little low key before you ramp up to the craziness after. Mm-hmm. It could be fun with that one. Now, I'll tell you mine and that it's just the, the coffee shop is called introspection and the Pokemon that I've selected are a specific joke because of our friend Mads. Um, <gasps> and so I, uh, you would have no idea that I'm your gym leader. Cause I would just literally be like strumming on a guitar, the thing. And you like, and, and I don't play guitar, but whatever. And it's two Clefairies and a Gengar because uh. Mads, Mads started a running joke that I could be a human or I'm just too Clefairy on top of a Gengar in a trench coat, like a wildly vintage pattern trench coat. And it has been the one thing that has gotten me through literal life. Like I should pay Mads money because it has become many of my personality traits and when i'll say it at like parties or during grad school i just be like yeah i had a friend that told me this once and they were like everybody's like yes it checks out yes absolutely that's correct (laughs) but it absolutely does though it absolutely does it's absolutely correct which is why i will always have a love for gengar and anytime i can capture a clefairy in the game i always do just because it's not a clefable in a gengar it's too clefairy and a Gengar in a coat because, you know, there are always three voices, but it's fine. It's fine. It's <laughs> it's fine. Now, you know, we've kind of gotten this open world game with Scarlet and Violet. We're, we're getting closer to there, you know, for whatever the tech glitches are. It's not what we're here talking about today. I've kind of... I, by the time this comes out in May, I feel like we, they, we will have some patches that have updated it. We will have talked about it ad nauseum and people will either have stopped playing or we'll just keep playing and it'll be fun because we'll be completing that pokedex but Mm -hmm. a lot of people have said over time that they would have loved you know this was back like red dead redemption days when we were really getting those open world games for the first time but the idea that you can choose your path at the beginning of the game to either be the hero or pick the villain's path and join a syndicate 
So if you had to choose a villain syndicate to join out of all the Pokemon gens, what villain syndicate would you join? Ooh, um, I feel like there's something so simple to be said about Team Rocket of just they are just there to be gay and do crime. Um, but I feel like also maybe Team Skull. Um, Absolutely be gay, do crime, be chaotic. It's like... like Team Skull, Team Yell, Team Rocket, they're nuisances. Like, Team Rocket tries to be evil, but, like, they're just there for mischief and just to have have a little fun. Bonkers how quickly uh, it went off the rails from, like, Team Rocket is a crime syndicate. They're trying to make money by doing crime. Their, yep. their goal is profit. This is a very attainable thing to uh, Ruby and Sapphire eco-terrorism. Um which, like, sure, I'll get on board for a little bit. And then the next one is, like, creating a different universe. Where are we going? Yeah. Uh, I will say, um, b- being a little older and wiser and, um, you know, open to kink, uh, uh, I would clearly pick Team Aqua because Archie's a dad. Oof. Oof. I... Mm. Yep, I think I yeah. think they saw I think they saw with the remakes what people were what the cosplayers were doing, and that's why we then got Sword and Shield, which I went look at all these thick cuties, and then now we got Scarlet and Violet, and I was like, this is unhinged, and I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is like if Twitter designed a Pokemon game. <laughs> that's not. Mm, never mind. I don't want to keep going further with that question. Oh. Um. No, too many people fought to make sure that the cat stayed on all fours for that reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, you've kind of kept coming back to Pokemon and like you've been a fan of it. Like it's just part of like one of the things you love. What is it? What are the things that have kept you coming back year after year and deciding not to take time off? I think one part of it is that it's, it's been more like financially available because I haven't like stayed in one place very long i haven't like owned a tv to have like a like a whole like game console collection so like it's just been like me and my ds or like me and my switch and it's been the one game series that i could like keep up with over all of this time but aside from just like the utility of that like it is like my favorite game series it's not necessarily like the the gameplay of it i do love a turn-based strategy i do love like the puzzles of like the top-down like like third person games. I think what really draws me in is like the knowledge of it. Um, and it's like learning all of these different like little tidbits about all of these different Pokemon, their typings, like how the typings work with each other, what moves they know. And it's just this like this like never ending rabbit hole of new information to learn about all of these different uh different Pokemon. I I also think it's something where they have the perfect business model, but to me, it's also the perfect creative model where every three years you've got a new game, which means you have a new demographic ready to play that game every time there's a new game, which is genius because you might have an older sibling that ages out, but their younger sibling watched them play. So the younger sibling is going to ask for that next Pokemon game. And sometimes you're lucky enough to like keep going. And I've, I've had a lot of people who said that like, they kept playing Pokemon because it was the one thing that bonded them with their sibling, which I think is Aww. incredible. 
And so, you know, I think it's just one of those things that like you can choose not to play a gen and still be deeply ingrained in it. But there's also every time we get a new gen, there's new lore and mythos. There's just so many new things to learn and kind of compile to that pre-existing encyclopedic knowledge. And it's just something that makes it so special and also cute animals. <laughs> I admire so much all of the design uh, of all of these Pokemon. It's, oh, yeah. I think that's another thing that like really catches my brain is, ooh, shiny, ooh, pretty thing to look at. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just, I love looking at them and I love like thinking about the art and all of the time that went into it to like workshop uh -huh. all of these different characters. It's, well, and just the deeply like historical and like geographical knowledge for a lot of them as well. But also, I will say, as far as fandoms go, Pokemon is relatively not as toxic as everyone else and you can choose what side of the fandom you're taking part of like i love instagram and twitter for fake mon art yes some of the things that people are designing or even people redesigning the original pokedex based more of like into like animals and things and i just think it's genius i think it's so smart i also think it's a really great resource for people to actually do that because i do know nintendo is one of those companies and like game freak and pokemon that like look at what's happening online and bring people into the fold who you know are presenting promise if you will so i'm not saying go out and just like throw all your your ideas out but like it's also just so much fun because there's it is a world full of what ifs. And I think that's what makes it so special. It's one of the reasons why I still love Digimon too. And that's a very different structure at this point, but, um, and I don't really go for the games, but you know, it's, it's, I love a monster catcher. I love a monster thing, but I think Pokemon has just gotten it right. Mm -hmm. and they figured out. And even, you know, if there's missteps, I'm always going to buy the game. Even if I don't finish it, I'm always going to buy it. And I've learned from my mistakes to never sell them. I keep them because they do nothing but go up in value. Mm -hmm. So uh, <laughs> I try, I just almost tried to go rebuy soul silver and saw the price tag and immediately went, no, I'm good. Never mind. I'll emulate it. But <laughs> So what are you hopeful for, for the future of the franchise as somebody who has like a visual historical knowledge of the beginning of the American franchise through now, what are you hoping for the future of it? I hope that uh, we move forward in the anime to not have Ash as the protagonist anymore. Which I think is supposed to happen, which is why he just won champion. So I think mm -hmm. they, they alluded a year ago that after the 25th anniversary, Ash would be parlaying out of the show if you will mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do with that character anymore no and it's it's time and i'm so excited to like see what happens with that like i it's been a long time since i've like watched the anime but uh at least like followed it um but i would love to see a new character uh and i would love to like have some more heart written back into the show because it, it's mm -hmm. like really been absent for a long time also i would love a new touring show i think with the amount of technology that we have between like the how to train your dragon show from the netherlands marvel universe live i mean feld should never be allowed to tour anything again but that's neither here nor there but ooh, i agree just, I mean, i'm just kind of hard say that like ugh. everyone who's watching listening to this show it's because you've listened to my other shows and you know how i feel about 
theatrical work right laws and working outside of unions and just i don't care i never need to work for um disney on ice so like fuck feld that's i they're awful but i have such great memories of a vhs at somebody's house of the original pokemon live from 2000 and i just think it'd be a really cool time to use some new tech and some puppetry to give us some Ooh, new pokemon yes stuff. love puppets well especially those winnie, like the winnie the pooh style puppets that we got mm-hmm. for that new show that was just in new york and is in london now but sorry i totally steamrolled on this uh, color anyone shocked that i'm steamrolling people what are what are just some other things that you're hoping for for the future of pokemon i think i'm just always excited for like seeing the new pokemon uh i love yeah. that like it's kind of been condensed down now that it's not you know 100 something every every couple of years um and it's a lot more focused so i i love seeing where this is going now that like it, there's more time and thought put in, into each of these uh designs um would also love to see more like trans and queer representation within the games within the anime mm-hmm. um and i think we're like getting close to that like with just things that are implied in game and yes uh, the the little human with the the non-binary haircut and the Eevee backpack. I don't care what anybody in game says. They are they them. They are they them. That is that is that is that is the thing. Like that I just... <laughs> saw uh somebody or um Nimona, the mm-hmm. um because I I had just gotten to this point. Yeah. Um, seeing Nimona call this character she, I'm like, did you just? No, I th- I don't know anything about this character, but like she felt wrong. Like, yeah, did you, you just misgender, misgender that character that I just m- like? You know, sometimes when you walk into a room and you look for other queer people, and you just know that somebody got misgendered, and you're going to protect them even though you've never met them before in your life. Like that, I agree with you very much in that moment. I felt the exact same way. But it's also like every single person in my life that I know that looks like that character uses they them pronouns. So I think I'm. Maybe just uh, transferring this over. Also, uh, I don't really want to give anything. So I haven't even gotten to this part in the game yet. Oh, I don't want to spoil it, but it's just a comment that I need to make. uh, Of Have you been introduced to Cassiopeia on the phone yet? Has Cassiopeia called you yet? No. Oh, okay. So the person that gives you the team star thing because there's the three trials you've got the the herba mystica which is the the titans you've got the team star which is the the essentially the team the team star bases they're they're their own gyms and you've got the gym leaders the championship battle um and you're going to get a phone call from somebody named cassiopeia that sends you on to the team star path um uh you need to text me when you find out who cassiopeia is because i was like Please, what a non-binary name is Cassiopeia. Like, come on. <laughs> it's just very much. I feel okay, like but... I've I feel like I follow at least like two like she they non-binary trans femmes mm-hmm. on TikTok named Cassiopeia. <laughs> Of course. I mean, it's it's appropriate. It's perfect. It's lovely. It's also like if uh, I don't think I know a trans person almost I don't I don't know any. Oh, I don't know any trans men that don't have an X or a Y in their name, which I love. I think that's amazing for them. Uh, and again, that's not me making I think that's not me making fun of anybody. It's kind of a joke inside of the community at this point. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. uh, it's also, you know, that idea of what happens when you get to pick your own name. You try some out. You just try a bunch of different things out. Um, and you pick but, something that's inherently cooler than other people's names. Uh, absolutely. Uh, but B, I don't know if you knew this, but every broadcast will be giving away a free digital download code to the Pokemon TCG online app. Oh, wow. And everybody needs a password. And so today's password is Shuckle. That's right. Today's password is Shuckle. Be the first to respond to our Instagram story on release day, and that code will be yours. B, thank you so much for taking a break from your journey to be the best that ever was. We appreciate having you here. Thank you so much for having me, and it's so lovely to talk to you. I know it's been too long, I, but I feel it's just, it's just been the thing since COVID is everybody's like, oh my God, like, cause it's just, it's like nothing to like send someone a meme and be like, mm, good conversation and then move on. Mm -hmm. And like, <laughs> uh, cause you know, we send TikToks back and forth and I just think that's everyone's like communicative love language. No, I think that's just sending a TikTok, mm -hmm. but <laughs> all right, folks coming up next, we have Oaks Pokemon talk and later tune in for Burma's password where real people like you win real prizes. As always, I'm your Poke host, Maddie, and until next time, it's you and me and Pokemon. Thank you for listening to The Champion's Path, a Pokemon podcast presented by Saturday Morning Confidential, a part of the Certain POV Media Network. You can find us on Facebook at Saturday Morning Confidential and on Instagram at SMC Podcast. There you can follow our link tree to every podcast platform under the sun where you can listen to our show. You can find us along with all of the incredible shows on the Certain POV Network at CertainPOV.com. Saturday Morning Confidential and Dreamer Productions do not own Pokemon. In games or media form, this show is purely for entertainment and educational purposes only. And our ending credit music is Jungle Cavern by Brett Eaglestein. Join us next time for another journey down the champion's path. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.